Hello and welcome to your favorite comic book YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey, author of I Am Stan. And today we are going to be looking at friend of the show, Brian Boland's uh, Actress and the Bishop, a really nice collection here of some of his comic strips. But before we do, I want to remind everybody that we do have a Patreon. Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon has three different levels that will give you access to our videos early. At the King Kayfaber level, you'll get access to all of our videos first, as well as our recording session. That way, if you see a book that you want to add to your collection, if it's rare or hard to find, you'll be the first one buying it before it disappears and before those prices go up. Also, we will be in Baltimore September 8th, 9th, and 10th for Baltimore Comic-Con. It's a great show for comic book fans. We hope to see a lot of you there, and we hope that you'll be wearing your cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts and hats and uh, spreading the good word about comics there. Diving into The Actress and the Bishop by Brian Boland, we've had a couple of shoot interviews with Brian Boland, and he has talked about this strip. Pretty cool to actually finally get to see it in print. And a nice addition here, Shift Presents. I'm not familiar with them as a publisher, but they do a very nice job, in my opinion, of reproducing this. Almost like an artist edition, in that you can see the variations in ink thickness. You can see the ruled lines for the uh, lettering guides throughout this. And what you can really see and appreciate is Brian Bullen's great line work. Yeah, man. I, this early strip is from uh, A1 from 1989. Okay. So uh, that means he drew it on paper. Yes. Yeah. Early adopter of the digital revolution when it comes to drawing and things, man. So uh, some of these strips are done on paper, but I think that uh, the, the big story here is, in, is digitally produced. Very glad that uh, the work was shot directly from the original boards and presented as is. And it's kind of, uh, the story is these two are kind of an odd couple. Yeah. You know, they're flatmates. Don't know yeah. if they're more than that, maybe. It's kind of implied that they are. But she is a, uh, they call her an actress. I think she's actually... Uh, a, a woman of the night. That's right. That's right. And of course, he's a man of the cloth, although I think he may not really be a man of the cloth any longer, but he still dresses the part. And... Man, the work on paper quality is so much fun as an art fan. Watching or seeing, you know, screen tones and things that are built on these pages, and just the meticulous drawing. Absolutely, and, and he takes no shorts, man. So like that gray value, that's a, that's a pen line in perspective, mapped out every other millimeter. <laughs> Literally, it's astonishing. It's astonishing that a person can can work at this level. Don't you think that's supposed to be Alan Moore? Mm -hmm. It does look like it. I also think like all that white, some of that's gotta be white media, right? Some yeah. of those white hairs. Yeah, totally. Uh, but you know what's funny is it, it's Alan Moore now, but this is 1989. <laughs> so Projecting. That, that, that wasn't quite him then. Everything is written in a rhyming, like rhyming couplets. Yes. Uh, don't know how I feel about that. It's, it gets it's, old. It's, it, it's, it's it's like a like a limerick because it is. the actress and the bishop. That's like a part of like dirty jokes right. in England. Like it's a super familiar reference in England. Not so much here, you know. Right. Uh, so so like you know it's small strips, right? So like you could read three pages of it and then be good, and then maybe another three pager. But when you get to the twenty pages, <laughs> one thing I like I will give him props for being able to figure out how to get your verbiage across and and do some little rhyme gimmick but it it weighs heavy it wears heavy man like this would have been right after killing joke i guess like late 80s here yeah so you see it you know as a fan of killing joke like he's got all of those tools at his disposal uh, Th this looks like somebody who would show up in killing joke right 
Yeah, it might still be a little bit in that in that mode. Even some of these panels feels like that could have been uh, yeah could have been right out of there. Look yeah. at the depth that he's able to convey in just ink and, and mechanical tools. Yeah, it reminds me of a shot from the north side. Yeah, totally. I follow some Pittsburgh photographers, and you will often see that, and it's kind of that's that's the angle, you know, mm -hmm. as the as the north side slopes down towards the river. Great with shadows, like anything that has to do with the values, really outstanding stuff. So this is the long story, the thing in the shed. And uh, I actually think this is a pretty good story, the way it's, it's written, you know, it kind of sucks you in. It sets up certain things as you go along. Um, Ed, were you speculating, you think this is uh, digital? Uh, yeah, but, but he, you know, he, he's penciled on paper. Right, it's going to be interesting because the back matter in this book's pretty outstanding and includes layouts to a bunch of this particular story. So we'll get to see those roughs as we go along. But the idea is there's something ominous in this shed behind behind their place. And there'll be clues along the way about the uh, nature of that thing. Some local pets go missing. <laughs> These are fun too because they're kind of comic strip-like. You know, you get right. to see Bull and having fun, playing around, having these characters, fooling around a bit. And he comes from that place. His earliest works were uh, very humorous. You know, you could see shades of them in like Cheville Noir, the uh, the uh, Dark Horse, mm -hmm. and like Negative Burn. You know, they would get hold of some of that stuff. But he came, he came up from the British underground. Yeah, it's just remarkable looking at his artwork. That robe... Is ridiculous. Would not want to draw that. Why, why would you choose that? Yeah, like Jack of Hearts. One time, yeah. Real, real masochist, man. I could say that about this foliage too, though. It's uh, there's a lot of detailed work in here. Yeah, absolutely, and it's real fun to see how he arrives at that from his starting point. So the pets go missing, as does uh, one of the neighbors who had been hanging up her laundry next door. We're going to uh, we're going to add her to the list of people that are long gone. This is kind of a fun rumination. This is the young uh, bishop, and he's talking about reading this book and not knowing which parts are true and which parts are false. And as he ruminates a little bit, you realize it's the Bible that he's talking about. <laughs> Check this out, man. Go flip the page. Three different layers of perspective dots on that shirt, from big dots to like polka dots to uh, medium-sized dots. Yeah, it's pretty good. And by the way, she's not there anymore. Right. So it's almost this perfect four-panel sequence. Somebody that he would see working in the yard, hanging up laundry every day, and now she's gone. And you can see him laying in, laying in digital, like, you know, copy-pasting stuff. It's strange. I think it's the only place that happens. But you know what are weird marks for him is this gray shading around around the bishop's head. There's the, some lines there that I've never seen yeah, in on the, the Brian Bolin piece. On the bookshelf, there in the previous page, there's a lot of typography. This and map then, may be a digital element, Yeah, too. maybe stuff like this also. This is a fun sequence too, as our actress is reading in the tub. She's reading a Western novel. So we get into that Western scene that she's, uh, that she's into in the book until of course, there's a problem with the plumbing. <laughs> Which is what drives her into the backyard toward this terrifying shed, the whole shed that we've been leading up to this point. This panel's repeated. Yeah, and certainly the shed stuff. Like, like I don't know that he redraws the shed a bunch. Yeah, that's probably true. But that's an exact uh, reproduction. And aren't the eyes so symmetrical? Like, maybe he drew one eye and flipped it. Oh, that's possible. But not the inking part. Like, I think he inked those because, like, you could count the hatches and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that, and they're not 
the same. I say that just in the spirit of trying to reverse engineer the guy's yeah. work. Here's some more of that digital stuff. It's funny how this almost works in because he does so much grays in his drawing. Yeah. yeah. You can put in like a gray photograph and it almost fits. Oh, totally. I mean, he uses like gray scale on the values of a lot of his stuff. This is a gradation, again, mm -hmm. an effect that I don't see him use anywhere else. It's fun to think like he's experimenting on something that involves drawing a robe of that detail, but eh, still some room to experiment. Let's try things out. Good thing it's printed on this kind of glossy paper because at the early, the early sort of digital application of grays in like the 90s, there are so many comics, like even this gray would show up so dark and just ugly. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Uh, there are three levels of support at our Patreon, and the King Kayfabers get access to our live stream recording sessions uh, that make it possible to mitigate the Kayfabe effect. They also get the videos before anybody else. So make sure uh, you uh, support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel and get that early access. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a healthy sample of our bibliography right in front of you. Jimmy's next book is going to be Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. It's coming to you in November. It's going to be a companion piece to Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, in that it collects all of the uh, material that was published prior to the Image Comics release. Jimmy also has Hulk Grand Design out there in the wild. Limited copies available. Make sure you get your hands on that as soon as possible. And uh, the latest comic that Jimmy has right now, which is sold out, but he is he has promised to uh, reprint this thing. True Crime Funnies, three nonfiction stories, including uh, one that has a little something to do with some wrestling. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in October, just in time for the holidays, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree with 150 pages of additionals. Also for the holiday season is X-Men Grand Design Trilogy, which is going to include the out-of-print X-Men Grand Design works that I put together, about a 250-260 page trade paperback. Red Room is the current focus. Two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there right now. The comic I'm putting out these days is Red Room Crypto Killers. It's going to be four issues total. Three issues are out right now. The centerpiece uh, for issue three, the backup feature, includes the first appearance of the characters that I'm using in my daily strip, which I'm serializing on my Patreon. Tom's in the house with us this round. He's got the hardcover I Am Stan coming to you sooner than later. I believe it comes out in September. We did a big video on this, and you guys showed up in a big, bad way and, and uh, started to do your pre-orders. Make sure you get your hands on this. This is a definitive documentary on Stan Lee. And uh, the paperback version of his Jack Kirby biography are com is coming out uh, sooner than later as well. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. Real um, ugly. You talk about the the robe and the intricacy. I, I, I'd imagine the fun contrast of a super busy, ornate bishop's robe and then just a nude figure probably like really appealed to Brian Baldwin just as like a, a, a an interesting design element. It could be, but the 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 giveaway here, right as we're about to uh, see the actress go into that shed and whatever fearsome thing has been eating pets and neighbors, we get the postcard from the neighbor. <laughs> she has actually run off with a guy she met in the supermarket, and uh, the thing that was in the shed basically goes away. It never got the, the food that it wanted, and uh, it slipped off into the night without ever being seen. All right, so... This one probably, I would assume, also a digital version. I think so. I think so. Look at the detail in the in the lines around this bird and its feathers. Yeah, it's like an etching. It's really shocking to me. 
This um, speckle effect, probably something digital, some kind of brush or effect of uh, a filter that you could put on a grayscale. Yeah, I think I bet it's something that I bet it's something that he built because I actually associate those speckles with him, and uh, very often in his late period digital works, the color of the, like the background will be speckled in the same way. So I, he might have created this brush because uh, it, it feels like Brian Balland to me, mm -hmm. except every time I've seen it before, it would be a color application. Yeah, it's, it's interesting on the panel if you think of it as like if this were ink on paper, what you're doing, because you're masking stuff off and then doing your, your flicking or some kind of spraying to yeah. get that texture on there. And it just wouldn't be that even. You know, you'd get some thick blobs and stuff. Yeah, it was funny whenever we interviewed him because like he had tutorials on how he would work digitally way before I was seeing anybody do that level of work. Absolutely. And I'm expecting him to be like this tech guru of like, this is the mm -hmm. cutting edge of Photoshop and digital art. And he kind of implied that he, he, you know, he got to that point and that's where he stopped evolving in terms of his digital prowess. Right. And probably smart because of like the bloatware aspect exactly. of Photoshop yeah, as it goes on. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you look at his his art and it's not like, oh, he's missing something. If he had kept learning Photoshop. Still completely no. balland. Yeah, 100%. You know, that was the beauty of it because uh, it never ceased being Brian Balland. And it was kind of shocking that it, that he revealed that it was digital. Yeah, I remember learning that and being stunned yes. because his, his art looks warm to me in a way that I don't associate with that kind of digital. Uh, story here, they were going on a vacation, going to the beach, the car breaks down, Bishop useless for uh, actually building you know repairing anything so the actress is fixing the car and bishop is having this uh side experience being hauled off by the giant bird and uh kind of a fantastic voyage until the bird finally uh i, I like the texture on that wrench i thought that was very believable uh, she in this particular strip she feels very like inspired by jaime hernandez like the, the rendering and some of her poses and like facial features for some like it seems a little different from the other ones interesting you should say that tom because there's an interview with bullen in the back here and he talks about how no problem with reference for for the aged weathered weighted yeah. face of the bishop but a hard time drawing like a beautiful woman and and really putting a personality on there is something that's uh, a tough thing to draw yeah and uh-oh, the bird drops our bishop lead, falling down to earth. <laughs> this is absurd too, by the way, what she's doing to repair this engine. She's she's lifted this out of the car. <laughs> Learn, you know, reading the manual to do these repairs. You do wonder, like, that that's a reference face, I imagine. Yeah, it just has so much life to it. Yeah, it does. It has kind of a contrast with some of the, like, maybe the face you pointed out, Tom, before that. And before the bishop can uh, hit the ground it's revealed he was actually asleep. So he wakes up and off they go and they never do make it to the beach. <laughs> I love the, the end. <laughs> never saw that before. Great. Yeah, it's great. He describes that uh, in, his, in his real life, like, like the wife is the keeper of the house. Like she, she does, she makes everything go and he's kind of the boob of the house. So it's kind of semi-autobiographical right. in that yeah. sense. Should note the bishop uh, drank his bottle of whiskey too, so th those dreams might have been inspired by uh, cover of Bullen strips right there. It is a couple. He's got two actress and bishop um, stories that are just prose. Yeah, and there's a couple that he talks about in his interview that 
he may or may not get around to. They take a lot of work to draw them. So In the 80s, there was a, a Brian Boland portfolio, and this was one of the plates of the portfolio. This is the only image I ever saw from, from that portfolio set. It was you know advertised in Eclipse Comics or, or maybe Amazing Heroes or something. But man, I always... Like, this blew my mind. I tried... I, I saw this before I saw right since Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And I tried to, like, get that kind of level of gray value and depth and stuff into my work just impossible yeah this one is is shocking is this in the artist edition i feel like we've had a, a close-up look at this piece maybe it was reproduced somewhere else yeah it wasn't because because he owns this like this isn't some 2000 ad commission it's something that he spent a million years on doing his own thing yeah it must have just been something i found you know looking him up this is always the grotesque version mm -hmm. that kind of freaks me out yeah sure Imagine if he looked like this throughout the strip. I feel like it would be a totally different experience reading this <laughs> if that's what he looked like. But she's a shifty lass as well. Yeah, there's different different iterations of her, um, you know, visible in this book. Got the great interview where he reveals some of that technical stuff. And then Love this. worth the price of admission right here for the roughs for that big story. Yeah, and I wonder if this is about actual size for these. This looks like a sheet of paper, you know. Of A3? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but man, how about this? Whenever you think that this is digital, you know, the, the story, the finished art, to see it here, and it's it's still that precision is clearly on display. Right. And I can't tell, like, it doesn't feel like these are pencils exactly, but they're so tight, they feel more than just like a rough layout. Yeah, it feels like a second... Your story down. Yeah, a second pass, you know, like a second generation of whatever it is that he does that makes stuff go but then you know he, he'll get a little little uh, warmth a little humanity in these figures and stuff yeah definitely juggle the knife juggling gotta love that yeah i like the stuff where he's doing some sketching on the figure to kind of get the volume and the weight or the posture of the figures that's usually pretty rich yeah he like changes this it's so much more symmetrical yeah. and stuff when when it's uh when it's digitally applied. Yeah, the expression changes too. Her mouth, everything is different mm -hmm. in the actual print version. The same with the pets. You know, it's totally different yeah. pets that he ends up using. So it is kind of like working out a draft at this stage. It's so believable too whenever he does weight. That's what surprises me is how good... Like, I don't know that this is modeled, but the weight is totally believable. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find that page. That's funny, you know, it may not be in there because a lot of this stuff does change. Right. Yeah, there's some panel, like there, this panel's can... been broken this up is into a very two different panels. Right, you see it's like stuff. this yeah. is down there. So yeah, so he's making a lot of decisions. Yeah, so th this this panel is that panel. Right, and this is your, your change of him reading the book, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And a completely different pose for her in the sort of doing the dishes. I, th I think this was on the shelf for a long time. Yeah, it may have been. I, like it, so I wonder if if this was on the shelf a long time, if like this kind of penciling is would be part of his like current process. Or... I don't I don't think so. Yeah. I think we talked to him about that, and I think he's you know he's a way calm dude. Why, yeah. You just uh, you just have a lower really good foot. lower transparency. That's fun too, seeing a little bit of the side of the pencil. Uh huh. Yeah, it's so cool to see his pencils like this. Like you say, this is probably. Uh, worth the price of admission just a chance to see a guy of Boland's skill but getting to see kind of the raw drawing it, underneath it's a different flavor and like this is a really amazing aesthetic like 
it, it would be it's kind of odd to me like when somebody does something like this and isn't like oh what if i did a comic that kind of looked like this i agree yeah. yeah yeah it totally printable totally publishable but it doesn't meet the uh, brian boland standards man mm-hmm. yeah it's part of what makes boland boland yeah you know, right. is that he's not publishing that but you do look at it and think like I've read comics that look a hundred times worse than those pencil <laughs> pages. Like that would work for a lot of comics. It'd be an improvement over a lot of the comics that I've read over the years, but you know, not, not the way he sees it, I guess. Good to go. Yep. This was sent to us uh, through the mail. So shout out to the K Faber that, that sent that to us. Uh, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. We are a daily YouTube show. So we have more than a thousand videos in our queue uh right now make sure that you hit the little uh magnifying glass i always forget what it's called a little magnifying glass on the front page of the cartoonist kayfabe channel type in your favorite uh comics or series maybe we talked about them if we did not please put something in the comments so that we know to advance those uh books a little higher in our to read pile there is a Patreon for Cartoonist Kayfabe. Uh, the King Kayfabers at the Patreon can mitigate the fa- Kayfabe effect by getting the videos early. And they're also hanging out with us in a live stream recording session as we are making these videos. So they have the chance to pounce on the books before anybody else. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. And it's going to be a busy 2023 for the Kings of Kayfabe. Uh, the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in October. That's sooner than later. And it is going to have 504 pages total. It has all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree. It has 150 pages of extras as you can see before you. And uh, it'll be a fantastic Christmas present for the person who's not suspecting to get this thing under under the tree. Not the only holiday effort to come. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy Trade Paperback is coming to you. It's going to collect all three volumes of X-Men Grand Design, including the out-of-print volumes. Red Room is the new comic I've been working on the past couple of years. There are two trade paperbacks that exist of that, but this is the uh, final miniseries as it's coming out, Crypto Killers, and this third volume, uh, the third issue of Crypto Killers, has a backup story called Latchkey Kids, uh, which is the first appearance of my characters who are in my daily comic strip that I am going to be putting out in 2024, but I'm serializing it right now on my own Patreon, and the first episode is complete. Tom, what do you have? Uh, Coming in September is I Am Stan, a graphic biography of the legendary Stan Lee. It's the story of Stan Lee's life in comic book form, and uh, we have a, a softcover reprint of Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, uh, the story of Jack Kirby's life in comic book form. And uh, also coming in September from Image Comics is Jack Kirby's Star Warriors, The Adventures of Adam Star and the Solar Legion. Uh, It's it's an old lost Jack Kirby comic uh, done, uh, brought into the modern day in in a deluxe edition and uh, ask your local comics retailer to set aside a copy for you. Jimmy, what do you got, man? My next release comes out in November, Street Angel Princess of Poverty from Image Comics. You can pre-order this one now. And if you get it with Deadliest Girl Live, you will have all of the Street Angel comics that have been done so far. Should look very nice on your shelf next to Deadliest Girl Live. They are designed to be a set. Hulk Grand Design is my contribution to Grand Design and to the history of Hulk. Uh, One of my favorite books that I have made so far. This is sold out at the distribution level, which means you might still find it on your local comic 
shop shelf. If you do, I recommend picking it up if you want this book because once it's gone, it's hard to tell when you will see it again, at least that cover price. And my latest self-published comic, True Crime Funnies, number one, three nonfiction stories from a rookie drug cop to a couple of wrestling yarns. You can read this now as a digital comic at jimrug.com or patreon.com slash jimrug, and I am reprinting this thing now. We'll have them in time for Baltimore Comic Con and hopefully uh, sell them one more time online before Christmas. Not the only way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them, give them those options, Jimmy. You can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. There you have it. Your ways to keep the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel rocking on a near daily basis, if not daily. Give them those marching orders, Jimmy, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.